In the early noughties, the Knights of the Old Republic RPG video games were an enormous success for the Star Wars franchise. But rather than rush to produce tie-in material, Lucasfilm's publishing folks waited until 2006 when author John Jackson Miller teamed up with Dark Horse Comics to produce a long-running and well-loved comic title. That comic series was simply titled Knights of the Old Republic, and we're going to talk about it today. You're listening to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm your host for today, Johnny Maynard, and I am joined by two of the usual suspects to chat about these comics today. Uh, first up, we're joined once again by the man, the legend, Jesse Gardner. Hi, Jess. Hi, good to be back. Always good to chat to you, Jesse. And back one more time before taking a bit of a hiatus, it's the mighty Bookstagrammaticus himself. It's Alex Taylor. Hi, Alex. Hello. Thanks for having me again. Oh, it's always good to chat to you, Alex. Um, we've got 50 issues of comic story to deal with here today. So let's give the folks listening some context. Um, the Knights of the Old Republic comics debuted in, in early 2006, so a few years after the, the, the first video game uh, of the same name and its sequel. Uh, the, the series was written by John Jackson Miller, who would go on to pen a number of novels, short stories, and comics in the latter days of the old EU continuity. Uh, and indeed, he would write the first adult novel of the new canon, which was 2014's A New Dawn. Uh, this comic series ran for four years until early 2010. In terms of timeline, these stories take place around three decades after the events of the Tales of the Jedi comics that we spoke about last time. And uh, they precede the events of the Knights of the Old Republic video game by around seven years or so in the timeline. Uh, the premise that was established in the opening story arc would develop into a long-running story throughout most of the title's run. Uh, there, we're introduced to bumbling Padawan Zian Carrick, who, due to his inept attempts to capture small-time criminal Marn Hieroglyph, arrives late to a knighting ceremony for him and his fellow Padawans. Alas, when he arrives, he is greeted by a scene of carnage, his friends having been massacred by their own masters, a group of Jedi seers led by Zane's master, Lucian Drey. Uh, the seers are convinced that otherwise, this cohort of Jedi apprentices would somehow give rise to a great evil in the galaxy. Framed for the massacre by his master, Zian goes on the run and tries to clear his name. Along the way, he is joined by a motley band, including the, the ever-grifting Morn Hydrogriff, uh, the formidable and mysterious Jariel, the eccentric Camper, and the occasionally enigmatic Mandalorian, Rohan Dyer, and many others. So, guys, folks are likely to be more familiar, I think, with the game of the same name than with these comics. Um, what sort of connections are we getting to the game in here? And do you think a knowledge of those games is necessary to get the most out of these stories? Alex, what about you? Whew. So uh, that that's a big question because uh, the, mm. the answer in brief is a lot. Uh, one thing that Miller, one thing among many that I think Miller did exceptionally well here is building connective tissue uh, narratively between 
the Tales of the Jedi comics that were published much earlier and that we talked about previously mm. on this series, and the uh, the later video game uh, series, Knights of the Old Republic. Um, and it's been um, it's been quite a long time since I've played those games all the way through over a decade at this point. So yeah. my memories are a little rusty. It's a big investment of time. It is. It is. Um, but I mean, I love them as much as the next Star Wars fan back when they came out. Uh, fantastic games. Obviously, their reputation is well-deserved. Um, mm -hmm. And Miller uh, clearly had a lot of fun uh, peppering this very lengthy and and involved and sprawling story with many many references from important uh background information on on major characters mm -hmm. from those games all the way to little easter eggs uh just little things yeah. that that get dropped in for fun uh i would say uh you'll certainly get more out of the comics if you have played the games however uh you you definitely don't need to have played them um mm. they the the two stories enrich each other um but they they both stand alone just fine yeah yeah what about you jesse i don't think i can add anything to that that is very well said um yeah you and like i said you don't or like i would say you definitely don't need to play the games to enjoy it but they do complement each other yeah yeah there was definitely a lot of connective tissue like alex said and it was really kind of neat to see certain characters more fleshed out. Um, the one that really sticks out to me is Karth, because in the game, as soon as you grab the mission, mm. like he stayed in the hotel, and then I put him to the ship and kind of never talked to him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, poor, poor Karth. Like, he, he's, he's such a hard nut to crack in the game in terms of getting him to open up dialogue-wise that sometimes it's easier <laughs> just to leave him be. Yeah, I don't like to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, but yeah. you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. You get a lot. Of, you get a really good sense of who Karth is and what what he's about in in these. Even though he's, he's very much a side player in the in this in this comic run. Um, here's a question: Did did you did either of you guys in the earlier issues think that maybe we were being led to suspect that Zian Carrick was a young Darth Revan? That maybe the seers were correct and this clumsy Padawan somehow was going to be the cause of all this great suffering in the future? Or was that just me? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, the, the first time I read it, I, I, this is my third time through the series. I read it first when it came out um, back in the olden days when I was still buying floppy comics. Uh, <laughs> uh -huh. And then I, I reread them uh, when they were re-released as omnibuses, um, and uh, uh, and and then just recently, you know, finished finished up a, a third reread. Um, so yeah, um, first time through, I that was that was one of the first things I was suspecting. Um, yeah, it, it 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 sort of felt like, and maybe the plan all along was for it to be its own story, but certainly it felt like early on. They were teasing this idea that this was kind of a, a Revan backstory in some way, and, and then right. eventually, eventually Revan rocks up. Although they keep his face obscured for all the reasons, because everybody had their own version of Revan per the game. Right, you know? it was that was clever. Um, yeah, yeah, a little workaround. Let's think about Zian Carrick then. He, he didn't turn out to be a young Revan in the in the way this was 
men I think it's, it's become sort of normal now for every time there's kind of a bit of a mystery in Star Wars, it's kind of guess who it really is, whether that's the sort of the, the new Inquisitor character in the Ahsoka show or whatever, you know, and, and the counter cry to that is just, you know, let Marak be Marak or, or whatever. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, uh, so here they just let, here, here they just let Zian be Zian, uh, which was, I, I think, a good call. Absolutely. Um, here we have an, an original character who, who who's heading up probably one of the longest-running comic titles in the old expanded universe. How did you get on with him, uh, Jesse? I got on with him very well. What, what really struck me, I actually read this for the first time last month. Like, all 50 issues, I just went, boom. And so it's uh, a big blur, but it's all really very fresh. Is that he reminded me quite a bit of Ahsoka. They have some key points right. where they start out kind of inept and off and by the end they're pretty interesting and they've both told the jedi order where they could stick it for being framed for yeah. the wrong thing yeah <laughs> absolutely i had not i had not ever thought about that parallel yeah that's really cool good call jess good call alex what about you how did you get on with zin I have always really liked him. Uh, when these comics first came out, I think I was about 20, uh, which is close to the age that, that he is. And I um, uh, identified with him very quickly. Uh, found a lot to, to like, a lot to appreciate. Um, I, I could say many things about uh, Zane Carrick, what I, what I like about him, things that I find interesting about him. One thing I'd, I'd like to highlight uh, particularly mm -hmm. is uh, it's not even a huge part of the series, but it's always there in the background. It does become important at least once, um, but that is simply his relationship with his family, particularly his father. You know, in Star Wars, we have a lot of orphans. We have a lot of found family, uh, have a lot of broken families, have a lot of daddy issues. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's a, there's a place for that. But at the same time, you know, my parents have been married for 41 years. Um, I've been married for nine. Uh, you know, I had a great home life growing up. I, I still have a good relationship with my parents. Um, and it's just, it's nice for once to see that reflected in Star Wars, to just see a normal, yeah. in some ways, good a normal family. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 for most of yeah. human history, for most of human history, most people have had families, you know, um, and, yeah. and we just, we see a disproportionate number of the, you know, the tragic orphans and so on in, in, um, yeah, in fiction and in Star Wars particularly, but it's just—it's refreshing. I, I really I love that his dad is is somebody um, who has no connection to the Force at all. You know, he's just a normal dude. Uh, he's just a, he's a banker and not even a particularly successful one, but he's a good man. Yeah, and he loves his son. He the the moment when they are reunited and and he he lets his son know without hesitation. Oh, I, I know you didn't do it. And even if you mm. did, then I'm sure it was something you had to do. Uh, yeah. I did, I love that. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And, you know, it, it's come up before on the show in other episodes. There's a lot of conflict in Star Wars and there's sort of narrative conveniences. And yes, it's, it's, it's called Star Wars, not Star Peace or Star Party Time. You know, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the conflict that comes of orphanhood or being from a broken home or the terrible relationships that people have with their families throughout other, you know, throughout the Star Wars saga. That, that's all good stuff to drive plots, you know? 
Absolutely. And you, you know, I can understand. I can understand why folk writers time and time again gravitate towards that. But you're right; there are very few instances in, in Star Wars fiction where sort of a, a nice, wholesome family relationship is held up, and sort of, you know, and you get a good look at it. Um, the one that sticks out to my mind in, in the new canon for, uh, might be something like um, Leia's home life in the the YA novel Leia Princess of Alderaan where you get a glimpse of right. you know she 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 is loved by Bill and Breha but even then that hits the rocks a bit there because they're keeping this terrible secret from her that they are actually leading a rebellion <laughs> and sort of you know the, the, the right strife kind of comes into it but sort of beyond all that you know you see this very happy home life and it's you're right it's not something we see a ton of in star wars so it's, it's, it was it's lovely to see that so what about yeah. other characters yeah. there are so many to choose from here so i think we'll do it a little bit differently and see how it goes um let's pick out some favorites and we'll go in turn and, and if someone's already chosen your favorite or your next favorite then sort of give us the next one down the line and we'll see we'll see kind of who pops up basically um so Alex, have you got any favourites? Um, we've already talked about Zian, so Park Zian for now. Who pops out to you as um, notable? Oh, man. Marn Hieroglyph. I Ooh, love yeah. this yeah. guy. He, yeah. he was Hondo Onaka before we had Hondo Onaka. Yes. Wasn't uh, he, though? He's, yeah. He's absolutely hilarious. He's a scoundrel with maybe a heart of gold. Um, not, <laughs> not, yeah, it, it, it's either not a lot of heart or not a lot of gold. I'm, I'm not sure which, yeah. but you're right. Yeah, yeah, I'm not exactly sure, but oh man, he's just he's just so lovable and so entirely self centered. Uh, completely, he's so egotistical. He's his mind is just always turning, scheming, wheeling, dealing. Um, I I have always from the very first issue, uh imagined him with a, uh, a you know a kind of a hard-nosed sort of nasal east coast american accent you know something yeah. very probably italian you know yeah uh, <laughs> it's just he's just he's such a hoot um yeah and that, that highlights something it, it, in general about this series is the dialogue writing is particularly for star wars incredibly strong incredibly strong yeah this this yeah. is some of the best dialogue um certainly in in any star wars comic uh and i think some of the best star wars dialogue that we've ever gotten because i mean much of the dialogue in the original trilogy you know we all love those movies but it's not it's not always great dialogue writing um no no but no. it's just it's doing a different thing yeah well, we've talked about that as well in the context of some of the chronologically preceding comics that, that we've been discussing you know mm. dialogue is not the strong suit when it comes to some of those old tales of the jedi runs for example right you know, yeah it, they're they're it, doing no. they're doing a very different thing and that's yeah that's fine but uh yeah this is just yeah. it's it's great great plotting and great dialogue these these characters yeah. all very quickly establish themselves, lodge themselves in your mind um, as as real, interesting, fully dimensional people, which yeah. I, I just love. They, they they really do, and I get the, the, they're given time and space to do that over a very very long comic run as well. Man, do you realize the the Tales of the Jedi series, all of the miniseries put together, which 
you know, those were pretty, pretty discreet arcs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ran for 35 issues. Yeah. The, just the first arc of Zane clearing his name in this series 35. runs for 35 issues. It's all one story. Yeah. 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 Which is kind of why I wanted to talk about it in one show. Cause it was kind of when, when I sat down to look at it, I thought I can't, it's really hard to break this up into sort of similar sized chunks. You it know, is. because that 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 storyline, and you know, there are tangents and little arcs here and there that kind of do slightly different things. But the overriding driving thing behind, you know, if you're looking at the Dark Horse omnibuses, for example, it's basically the first two volumes of three is that story. Yep. You know. Yep. Um, just you know, cover to cover, it's that story for the for the most part. Um, yeah. And then it goes on to do some other things afterwards. Um, but before we get sidetracked on plot, Jess, um, an, another character who pops up. Demigo. Demigo. I think that's how you say his name. The Mandalorian Butcher. And his story. And then just how long he was awake. The storyline was wild. I was reading him as Demigol in my head. Demigol. Oh, I'm so used to uh, Meagle and yeah. Deagle. I went to Deagle. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> his twisted mentality and his all of it and his obsession with the tales of the jedi era made me kind of fall in love with that character you know and i guess just how long he was actually in the story this completely mad arcane or mad scientist yeah yeah so this mad sort of mandalorian scientist kind of evoking sort of you know evil nazi scientists that that sort of that's the death that's the, the, the definite vibe we're getting from from that guy yeah uh, and then, you know, if, if there are folks who genuinely don't want to be spoiled for yeah. what I still think is the best plot twist slash reveal in Star Wars publishing history, maybe skip on a few minutes. But yes, there's a yeah. point. There's a point in that sort of final sort of vol- so it certainly falls in the final volume of the Dark Horse omnibuses, where we suddenly realise that. Well, we, we always kind of thought it was a bit weird that the Mandalorian Roland Dyer sort of, he used to present with his helmet on and then there comes a point in the story when he just always keeps his bucket on. Look at this, this he's just being a weird Mando. We didn't know that yeah. for the vast majority of this comic run, it was actually Demogol wearing Roland's armor. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> his personality even changed a little bit there. He was way more obsessed with protecting Jarrell. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. And we sort of cut back to, I think, maybe... Is it maybe Maybe Coruscant or whatever that the Republic thinks they've got Demogol and they're punishing him or about to interrogate him. They take his helmet off and it's poor Roland all along has been incarcerated. Um, (laughs) And this absolute evil scumbag has been carting around the galaxy with everybody. Yeah. um, All along. That it blew me. It blew me away when I read that. I just thought the the boldness. Yeah. He's got good motives though. You know, I I don't think there's anything like it. No. And Miller was playing an incredibly long game. I mean, you think about 50 issues of writing over four years. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. one of the the most remarkable things about this series is, you know, we talked about the the great character development, but but the the plotting, the fact that there is is so much going on, so many dots that have to be connected. And ultimately, he he brings it all off. Like it, it all. He sticks yeah. the landing. Um, I, I, I will say, I don't know how you guys feel about this. Every time I have read this series now, the the point after 
issue 35, when everything about the Zane clearing his name plot has been wrapped up, that yep. transition point for the next few issues feels really rocky to me. Yeah. And he gets it back, and we'll talk more about this later in the episode, but yeah, um, I, I feel like he, he gets it back on track, but, but for those first few issues, it's really jarring. It is. It is. It's... We will get on to that later because it reminds yeah. me very much of another sort of pop culture thing which, which kind of went through a similar situation. Ah, um, nice. So we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, is it my <laughs> turn to sort of pick, pick a name out of the hat? I mean, who have we not touched on? I guess Camper pops up to me, this sort of very eccentric oh, inventor guy who, you know, yeah. he, you, you barely get a word out of him the whole time. Uh, and he's very much sort of part of a double act with Jariel, I guess. So there, there's another mm. one to throw out. Um, and Jariel, again, a, a very slow burn character arc well, on both of those folks, actually. Yeah. Um, but I guess Jar yeah. uh, Camper at a point in time does sort of drop out, um, even though he was sort of very much an essential part of the team earlier on early on mm. um but jariel continues through all the way um uh, and even when that big plot the main plot around around zian has resolved itself actually it's jariel we kind of turn to for for, for a bit of sort of fresh impetus in terms of whose character and whose story are we mining now you know yeah um, yeah no, it it really becomes she she becomes the focal point from that point on, yeah. we, even if we spend more time with Zane, the um, the 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 remaining motivation, uh, the impetus of the story yet left to be told, uh, is Jariel's. Yeah, very much so. Uh, and as you say, the transition is a bit rocky, I guess, but I think it does hit its stride again when we when we really start to get into. Jariel's past yeah. and sort of her seeking her sort of moment of vindication, etc. Mm -hmm. Um, what about antagonists then? Who who's popping up for you, Alex? Oh man, uh, Lucian Dre. Um, Ooh. incredible character. Uh, I love that he. Um, he has. He has a a sympathetic side. We we get enough of his backstory that we we know why he is the way that he is. But then Miller doesn't excuse yeah. that, and he doesn't ask us to. No, no, um, no. And, and he doesn't rush the, that out either. I mean, it takes it takes a while no. for some of that to trickle through. I mean, he is for a while, you know, just this. We don't really get as as his motivation other than he's convinced that this group of seers are correct and they'll do whatever they think they need to do. To, to protect the Republic, but he, he's a little two-dimensional for a while, but you're right, over time, and when we get to meet folk like his mother and, and other characters around him, you're right, it, yeah. it, it, it takes, he take he takes on a, another, there are, there are more dimensions to him. Because I think um, the way that Rana Tay goes out uh, is, is more she's or less the, the way that... She's the, the Degruder. Sphere, yeah. yeah. The way the way that that she ends up her arc, we'll say, uh, is more or less what I was expecting based on the, mm. the the beginning issues of the series and based on um, Zane's sort of uh, 
uh, useful uh, take on the, uh, I have a very special set of skills uh, speech. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that's more or less what I was expecting for all five of the masters. And the fact that we didn't get that, that we, we yeah. got, got very different conclusions to each of their stories. And, and Lucian's really has stuck with me the most it's very that yeah. that final frame of him standing silhouetted with his blindfold on uh facing away from from the the viewer um that's a that's a powerful image it's it's yeah uh, we, we talked last time about the the, the final frame of uh redemption tales of the jedi yeah. redemption with um young vima in the same position yes. you know, looking off it's uh yeah there's a lot of power in that that image Absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. It could have been so, it, it could have easily fallen into kind of a formula with um, Zian sort of tracking down and confronting each one of the seers in his quest for vengeance or, or justice or vindication. And yeah. it, it, it doesn't, you know, those confrontations happen and they all get their comeuppance one way or another. But each yeah. one feels different, that each one has its own story, which feels earned and distinct enough that it, it's never the same thing just repeating itself M miller makes such effective use of flashbacks uh in the yeah. series because he's really weaving a tapestry out of tales of the jedi the already released uh knights of the old republic games and and then this new story that he's telling which has some flashbacks to events transpiring during Tales of the Jedi, and then some after with this new yeah. history that he is composing. Uh, yeah. It's 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 really it is quite a tapestry. It really is, it really is. Jesse, what about you? Any other of the antagonists popping up in your uh, in your synapses? Who's coming to mind? Malik, mm. because he's kind of an antagonist for Zane. You know, they're both going after Jarell's attention. And then yeah. later in the series where when he's got who he thinks of as Domingo on trial, we kind of see shades of the Malik we're going to see in the game. It was eight years later? I rather enjoyed that. Yeah. 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 Seven, seven or eight years later. I think, it's, I think it's eight years after the main run, seven years after that little war, the final arc. Yeah. I love that Malik shows up all the way back in, in uh, issue zero. He's there yes, right at indeed. the beginning on Terrace. Yeah. Ah, it's it's so cool. Yeah. I have to say, even though I think I first read this these comics just off the back, I had just finished my first playthrough of the game, probably sometime around twenty fifteen or so when it sort of dropped when it dropped on iOS and I was able to finally play it on a phone. Um <laughs> and I think off the back of that playthrough, I dived into these comics. But I had no idea when reading that issue zero that, that was meant that was going to be Malik, that squint. Oh that, same. That Jedi. Yeah. I had no inclination. It wasn't, um, I mean, I think even when they were calling him Alec, I still didn't get yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was yeah. only when he showed up with the, it's like, like he kept dropping more and more hints. It's like, and he's wearing red and he's bald and he's, uh -huh. you know, and now he's got the, the tattoos on his head. And the that, that was head. the point at which I was like, okay, okay. I know what you, I see okay. what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, I can't remember exactly when Revan shows up and, and obviously Squint slash Alec, it, it talks a lot about his master, even in that issue zero, but we don't really know who that is. Yep. 
um, th there is a point later when it becomes clear that he, he his matter is this sort of cloaked, hooded version of Revan. Um, yeah. And I guess, I guess at that point, probably the penny starts to drop. And, and then, you're right, they, they go all out and just paint his head. And, you know, okay, this guy is... <laughs> and it's Malik. This, this guy is definitely Malik then. Okay. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No more yeah. games now. The other antagonist who I enjoy here is... And I think this is somebody you posted about recently, Jess, on the old Instagram. Um, Hazing. Hazing, hazing. Uh, oh yeah. I'm not so sure how I've always said it hasn't, but then when he's proposing a Sith name for himself and he says haze, yeah. I thought, yeah, ah, maybe it's supposed to be a long a sound. So yeah. that I'm, hazing. I'm sticking a with it. Haze, yeah, hazing. Um, this sort of failed Padawan turned dark Jedi with with a backstory very much rooted in the Sith War story arc. Um, that we talked about from from the Tales of the Jedi comics, complete yeah. with Master Arca Jeff. Yes, indeed, indeed. Not the first time that he gets a shout out in this series, or not? No. Sorry, not the last time he gets a, a shout out. Is, uh, again, that's something that I love both about this comic series and the games that bear the Knights of the Old Republic name as well. Just how much they are rooted in those Tales of the Jedi stories and, and sort of in kind of go back and retrospectively insert fresh story elements into those as well yeah it's always nice to see um a very sort of twisted dark character by the end when he's revealed in all oh, his grotesquery with the with the <laughs> robe off and just sort of um sort of legs that are sort of amputated slightly above the knee and sort of almost a grievous like yeah. lower legs that sort of thing yeah yeah real sort of classic star wars more machine now than man you know Sith, basically but dark jedi really he uh, i noticed this time his um his cybernetic eye uh appears to mm. actually have uh the the well what we what we later know as the the imperial it? symbol huh. uh in his eye so that's just kind of an interesting little easter egg yeah, oh, the you can, you can see about, about two thirds of it. Yeah, yep. Interesting. Very cool. Yeah, he's a he's a fascinating character, and I love the the parallels between him and Zane. The idea mm. that Zane, uh, you know, is is also they keep calling him a failed Padawan, uh, mm. but he. And they even look physically a little bit similar. You know, they both have the kind of shaggy hair and. Um, yeah, they're they're both kind of hapless, you know. But uh, they they just they do very very different things with the hands that they are dealt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the main story uh, of Zane's quest for, I guess, absolution and vindication, and and indeed the reveal of the true evil at play, is given a really long time to play out and resolve. I mean, the story arc called Vindication wrapped up some three years after the title launched. You know, as you've indicated, Alex, you know, it's the, it's the greater part of this title's run. How did that longer form storytelling work for you as a reading experience, Jesse? Oh, I really, I liked it. Like, you get to really get to know all of these people. And the payoff at the end, it's worth it because after 35 issues, you, you become attached to them. Yeah. And too often we see a six-issue arc 
and we're kind of supposed to care what happens to these, to, you know, these two or three people at the end. But by the end of 35, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. So that, that was really nice to see. And I, I wish we got more of it, to be honest. These longer stories like that. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, reading them originally over those three years when they were being published, um, I loved it. I loved having that steady, consistent story uh, that I could keep coming back to month after month, year after year, uh, where, where everything really, everything really matters. It's all moving towards something. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not just like so many ongoing comic series are effectively just series of miniseries or a series yeah. of, of one-offs. Um, and that's, it's not very satisfying. <laughs> No. no, no. I mean, I, I've I, I've had sort of a very lukewarm experience with with some of the current Marvel runs for for that reason. You know, yeah. even when we're kind of meant to be having this kind of these crossover stories, I'm sort of I, I'm still finding it quite piecemeal very often. Same. And maybe maybe I'll feel differently. Maybe I'll feel differently when it's all done and I can sort of binge a whole bunch of trade paperbacks in one weekend. And maybe it will coalesce in a way that it's not for me right now. Uh, but, but equally, because there are so many different titles, there, there, there's a, it's pulling in a lot of different directions. You know, whereas this is one big old story that month after month was giving you the next bit of something heading in the same direction, more yeah. or less. Yeah, which which must have felt pretty special at the time. It's certainly pretty special reading now. You know. Yeah, I I can't think of anything else. Um that does it quite so well. There are other good examples. There are other contenders. Um, Legacy does most it pretty of well. The, yeah, I was, that, that's the first one that comes to mind. Okay. Um, and uh, Ostrander and Dursima's other big series, Republic, um, I think, yeah, although it was also more of an anthology, you know, but but there, the, the story of Quinlan Voss threaded throughout that. Yeah. Um, is that that's long and there's payoff there um yeah there are a few others yeah. some of the canon comics from the first few years um like the the 2015 uh vader series um yeah that's very very well scripted um it has a beginning a middle and an end um and it it did go yeah. for quite a few issues um so there's there are other examples yeah. of this but Man, um, this just hits all the right notes. It really, really does. I, th I think for me, I, I was blown away by it when I when I first got through it because um, I, I went in knowing nothing about it. They were all completely new characters to me, as they were to anybody picking it up when it when it first launched. Um, or you know, I, I had some context because I played the video game, but mm -hmm. it just consistently blew me away that the story kept going you know but but that it was but it was engaging all the way through uh, and um, yeah unfaltering yeah, it was yeah well, well there's, that, there's, there's that little wibble wobble that we've talked about that we've touched on already uh, during sort of the transition and then we'll get into that but um yeah. it is consistently excellent and 
by the end, well, not even by the end, you know, it takes no time at all to fall in love with most of these characters. But by the end, you're really emotionally attached to them. You really care. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I'm so happy at the end for Zayn and Jariel. Yeah. You know? Oh my goodness. I, I shipped them so hard for, three, for <laughs> yeah. those, all those years that he was being friendly. Yeah. I was like, man, you know, cause I, I mean, myself at the time, you know, I was a 20 year old guy and like Jariel, like she is cute as a button. Yep. Like, like who, who, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, like, I man, I, I, I want, I want this to work out for these two. I want, you know, my boy, it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they, they, uh, they deserve every ounce of happiness they get, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, fantastic stuff. Yeah. Before we talk about sort of what happens in the story after sort of some of the later stuff, after Zane's absolution and vindication, I do want to touch on the Jedi Order. Because as, as we've trotted through this sort of ancient history end of the Legends timeline, we've often talked about the differences between the Jedi we saw in the Star Wars films and the Jedi as they're presenting on the page as we're going through these stories. I mean, we started to see a little bit more centralization and, and organization in the Jedi Order in that last arc of Tales of the Jedi and Redemption. We didn't actually talk about it. It was, um, I think I think we, oh, we, we were all... We, we, we were all a bit too downbeat about sort of Ulick's sad end yeah. that we kind of didn't get into the nitty gritty <laughs> uh, of of the sort of the, the the context and how things had moved on even even that ten year gap between the Sith War and Redemption. But in in Redemption, we did see something more of a slightly more organised and centralised Jedi Order, uh, or at least the hints of it starting to come together. Uh, and I guess right. we're seeing a bit more of that here, uh, but it's still quite far away from what we're seeing in the prequels um what did you make of the jedi order here alex yeah um it's a really interesting thing uh because we we actually see the coruscant temple for the first time we see other temples that are built along those lines um and this is the this is the farthest back in the star wars timeline that we ever get to see that uh that we get to see those really familiar touchstones bringing us back to the prequel era of the the the, the rise of the Sith era um yeah. and so yeah that's that's interesting we we see the Jedi behaving more uh bureaucratic more like we're used mm. to seeing them but uh, from the, the the prequel films uh it's much more hierarchical um but at the same time obviously they're recruiting is not the same the way that they train their patterns is not the same and you know i i mentioned um zane's relationship with his family uh a little while back but there's also lucian's relationship with his family that's the the dre family the dre trust this is all you know major part of the plot and it's it's really it's interesting seeing the Jedi order looking more like we're used to seeing it in the in the films, but yeah, at the same time navigating these interpersonal and and family relationships, um, in a way that is very relatable to to us as as readers. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's it's interesting too because, um. The, the 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 Jedi 
as a as a religious order, as they're presented in the in the, the prequels, are, seems so removed from the everyday, from from you know the world, from normal life, from the galaxy. Like they're they're recruited as babies. You know, it's it's basically a closed yeah. adoption. Every every Jedi is the product of a closed adoption. They never get to see their families again. You know, very very few yeah. exceptions. But really, you know, in real life, in religious orders, um, you know, I know I personally know several um, monks and friars, uh, Benedictines, mm -hmm. Dominicans, uh, Russian Orthodox. Uh, and, and they, like, they have families back home that they, that they left. Yeah. And, you know, in, in one case, there's a, there's a, um, monk that I know who is kind of having a difficult time trying to take care of his aging father right now. Um, mm -hmm. and, and trying to navigate that. How do you, you know, he, he left the world, but he's still kind of, he's got, he has to have one foot in it because, you know, he has to take care of his father. Um, and so it's really interesting seeing Jedi with those kind of responsibilities. It's not like, you know, every monk is a, you know, an orphan uh, of the plague who was left on a monastery doorstep and adopted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The no, the no attachments thing definitely hasn't hit the horizon yet here. Yeah. Um, although it's alluded to. It is. Too. They I, say, you know, like, are mm. you one of those Jedi who, you know, doesn't do personal attachments? Yeah. Like, like it's a, it's a factional thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm I'm glad you glad you mentioned that word because that does that that is kind of a feature here, it isn't is. it? There there are kind of groupings yeah. within the order, Clicks. you know. Yeah, yeah. you know, and and, and 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 that actually helps Zayn to a degree as well because he does find allies in folk like Master Vandar, etc. There are folk who are oh, willing man. to believe yeah. him, you know, um, and yes. then obviously the, the, basically Lucian and this little cabal. You know, who also have their own agenda. Um, so yeah, it, it is. And very then there's then there's the revanchists, Malik and his people, Revan. They're mm -hmm. they're off doing their own factional thing. There's the there's the Covenanters and the revanchists, and yeah, 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 yeah. That which which always reminds me of that. There's that sort of slightly clunky bit of dialogue, which but up, which helpfully explains what revanchism means, and and explains oh yes. What, uh, <laughs> Therefore, why Darth Revan is Revan? Um, yes. It's uh, I, I believe it is the Fioran, one of the seers. What's his name? Uh, Felm. Felm. Who's saying, yeah. you know, yeah, on my home world, there is no greater glory than to reclaim uh, territory lost in war. Our word for yes. it is blah 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 blah. I can't remember what the word uh, is. Uh, what, I can't. What is yet. the word for it in basic? And <laughs> Lucian says, <laughs> oh. The word for it in basic is revanchism. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it is. It's kind of clunky, but with with an obsolete, you know, or really not obsolete, but really a really obscure word. Like you have to dig in the dictionary yeah. to find that. Nobody's going around talking oh, about totally. revanchism. Um, no, quite. but yeah, what, what are you gonna do? Like, uh, which is precisely why they had to clunk it down in the middle of the dialogue. <laughs> Here's an explanation yes. of why he's called Revan. Have some yeah. exposition. <laughs> yeah, yes. old, old yes. Fjorn and Lucian doing a bit of the old Basil exposition there. Lovely stuff. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Right. Jess, what the Jedi Order in this one. Um, how did you enjoy I it? I enjoyed it. We get to see it right before a fall, a major fall that happens in the game. And what I took away, what I really liked, yeah. is this felt like the end of the attachment rule because of Lucian. 
And he's like, he was waiting for something mm-hmm. to happen involving something terrible with somebody with a family. Because I'm like, okay, they still have families, but we see them in the prequels. Yeah. And almost in, oh, in the novel, Revan, um, the exile, not the exile, the, I want to say the archivist. I can't think of her name. She's really, everyone is really down on Revan and Vastila. And that's 10 years later, maybe 15 years. It's not that yeah. long later where they're mm-hmm. going, no, yeah. no more families. No, wait, they still have families here. I mean, a minute later, they yeah. don't. And so, I, would, I never made that connection. I was really like, yeah, it, was, it must have been him. And that, that big explosion and all of that drama and him killing yeah. the students that caused the no attack. Yeah. And so that that was awesome to see yeah. why. I think, ah, that that is that's fascinating. And when the, I had always had my eye on that, wondering when it split, or when that when the no attachments rule became mainstream. Because yeah. Master Altus later on, he's got a whole thing with adult Padawans, very similar, and it kind of switches to kind of switches where this no attachment is the main thing, and then the little over there is the people with attachments. So I, I really like it. Because we have one foot in the past and one foot in the future. It very much does feel like it's bridging a gap, doesn't it? Um, We haven't actually touched on the aesthetics. Alex, how do the aesthetics of the Jedi Order strike you here? Because to my eye, they're kind of straddling Mm -hmm. a lot of different stuff. Was there anything that kind of jumped out to you? Yeah. um, Well, Lucian, I thought... Obviously, for the first time through this this read through, because what I'm about to reference didn't exist several years ago when I last read it, um, he uh, his his costume design made me think very much of the High Republic. Um, yeah, it's got, a, it's got the white and gold I, thing going on. Yep, yep. So I, I wondered if uh, possibly that that was a a design touchstone inspiration for for them now. Um, yeah, but. In terms of its its placement in the Legends continuity, um, yeah, I, I think once again, it's like this series does so ably in so many regards, it, it's bridging a gap. Uh, it's showing us some of the more yeah. uh, rough and tumble adventurer Jedi with, uh, you know, utility belts like we see in, in Tales of the Jedi um, and, yeah. and bits of armor here and there. Um, and then we see Jedi more like from the prequel era, the the more subdued brown robes, um, and then we also see some outliers like Lucian Dre, who is really, I I'm not even sure what those gold things are because they they appear to be three dimensional. I just I don't really know yeah. how that works physically, um, but it's sort of it, you're it, not it, sure if it's sort of if it's solid and armor like or if it's kind of just sort of right. very heavy brocade or something like that I, you know i have never known i i um it would be interesting to see how cosplayers have interpreted it i've never i've never uh, looked but yeah. um I'm, I'm sure there are some interpretations out there but yeah it, it's clearly meant to be very ostentatious whatever it is um you know that's not normal tailoring uh, by by any no. uh estimation so there is something a little off about that for a Jedi to be that flamboyant uh, in his in his dress, and it fits very well yeah. with his character. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think overall the the character designs among the Jedi and other characters in the series are are great. They do they do what Star Wars has always uh, been really been really great with, and that's uh, instantly recognizable character designs. 
uh, that, that tell us a lot about the character, um, at, at, at a glance. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's got, got a lot yeah. of very, very distinctive designs here. Um, yeah. That, that so, all feel very so, Star Wars. Yeah. So some really good sort of visual character work and visual, um, visual storytelling. Brian Ching is an incredible artist. Oh, he's great. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, yeah, the, the the art throughout this, and there, there are a number of different artists working throughout the run, but the art is consistently yeah. excellent. It it sort of strikes me as sort of at this point anyway, whoever is working on Star Wars, it's just they are top of their game artists. So you, you might look back at some earlier oh. stuff and kind of think it's a bit there there, there there's var- stuff of variable quality in some of the earlier comics to my eye, but yeah, um, this is all. Even if it's a bit different to the preceding issue or, or whatever, it's still excellent. Yeah, it's they're all at the top of their game. Yeah, Bong Dazo's art, I I've, I find uh, a little a little too cartoonish for this story, but it's still excellent mm-hmm. of its kind. It's it's yeah. a little it's a little jarring uh, when you're reading through and you you know issue after issue of of uh, Brian Ching or or um, yeah. Harvey Tolly Bao um, doing this you know, very kind of painterly, uh, realistic work. And, and then Bongdazos is more, more caricatured and it's good. It's very, it, it's, it's fun. Um, but yeah, just, it, it clashes a little bit to my taste. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit, bit, bit of a tonal, bit of a, bit of tonal dissonance maybe. Um, right. So obviously, as we've mentioned before, the story, the, the title rather didn't wrap up with the resolution of the Padawan Massacre storyline. Did you enjoy the continuing adventures of Zane and Co after they'd, after they'd been absolved of the massacre? Um, were there any highlights in there or anything that didn't work so well? I think we, we've touched on, on the, the idea maybe that, that there is a bit of a wibble. Um, Jesse, what about you? I really enjoyed the uh, the final Crucible arc, that, that revelations and the family ties and all of that just, that, that really did it for me. And I kind of wish that it had ended there. I did really like the war at the very end. Because it, it goes for the 50. And then you have the miniseries afterwards. Yeah, I'm not crazy about war either. And it felt really anticlimactic. Like, it didn't have anybody but Zane. I mean, I love Zane. Yeah. And, and I liked, and I enjoyed the story. Yeah. And it felt yeah. like it was separated from the whole, the whole thing. So it worked for me. Yeah, agreed. The Crucible, and then the very, very epilogue was like, wait, what? Why? Well, it was two years later in in real publishing time. Also, there was a there was a bit of a gap there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I read it like ten minutes later. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, and and for same for me. But I I do wonder if 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 you were reading it in real time and you hadn't spent any time with these characters for a couple of years, if you'd just have been glad oh, probably. to spend more time with them, even if it's a, even if it's a fairly inconsequential addendum to the story, really, which is kind of what it is. That is how I took it originally reading it back in, I guess it was 2012. Um, I, yeah. I felt like, Oh, Hey, it's, you know, my old friend Zane Carrick again. Um, but yeah, even then I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about uh, yeah. the story because his story had wrapped up so satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, Indeed. it was almost more interesting for me to see. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was almost more interesting for me simply to see more of the Mandalorian war and what was going on in the galaxy than to see more yeah. of Zane. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's certainly certainly for me, sort of binge reading it in the in the omnibus edition, um, and sort of having finished the main run and then just jumping straight into war. And then the main run finishes, as we've said, so beautifully, all tied up with the bow, Zane and Jerry, all happy as Larry. And then then sort of on the next page, Zane is thrown into the middle of the Mandalorian War, and there's no Jariel anywhere. And that that arc eventually comes back to that situation where you know he walks in the door and she's there, and you know they're back together yeah. again. Um, but it sort of felt like we just sort of run round in a circle for no good reason. Yeah. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Certainly coming 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 off the back of finishing the main run, I'd love to have seen more of their life together. You know, Zane and Jerry yeah. as opposed to this. Yeah. This other adventure with Jariel not in sight at all, and she's sort of wait, waiting dutifully for him at home. They didn't sit like her either. Yeah, John Jack Miller does a great job with female with female characters generally, but it's it, it seemed like it seemed it's a bit of a bum note for me. Um, a bit off, yeah. Yeah, putting putting war to one side because it, that's sort of the low hanging fruit, I think, in terms of the things that don't quite work maybe as yeah. well in hindsight at least don't quite work as well there there was that period just after the main story had been resolved when i think it probably takes a few issues or an arc or so to kind of find its feet again um how did you get on with that alex yeah um not not too well uh <laughs> and and uh, like i said every time i have read this which is now three times I have had the same reaction, which is is interesting. Like it, it yeah. never, it never has gotten smoothed out for me. It always feels like this kind of uh, rocky. Like we're going off road for a little bit here. You know, it's going to be bumpy. Yeah. Um, and it takes yeah. maybe three or four issues. Um, you know, there's the there's the uh, sort of one shot with the the derelict cruiser and the bim. That was good. Bim assassin, that. Which is a very interesting character. That's a it's a it's a great little story, um, but it and the and the stories preceding it and and for a little bit after, they just don't feel well. They become connected later on, like like the elements that are that are seeds that are planted in those uh, issues there come to fruition in in the the final Crucible arc. Um, but yeah, at the time they just. They feel disconnected. You're kind of wondering for a while what, what, why we're focusing on sort of swoop racing for you know yeah. for, for several right. issues or it's sort of it 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 almost feels a little bit sort of um and, and this isn't the, the the pop culture reference I had in mind earlier but this this one just popped into mind it's the jumping the shark it's the you know what are we going to do next yeah. well, I guess we'll have fawns well we'll have fawns jump a shark on a jet ski you know the, <laughs> it's like we're just going to give them something to do. Oh. The story, the pop culture story that always pops to my mind here is actually Twin Peaks. Huh. And, you know, season season two of Twin Peaks, what do you do in Twin Peaks once you've solved the murder of Laura Palmer? Right. Once you've wrapped right. up once you've wrapped up the thing, the defining thing, you know, that brought yeah. you back week after week in, in this case month. Zane Carrick has cleared his name. Yeah. Yeah, what is what is the yeah. story? And you know, Twin Peaks season two has that really rocky kind of middle bit where <laughs> Lynch, David Lynch is actually away making Wild at Heart, so he's not around, and he comes back horrified because they've got Kyle <laughs> McLaughlin, Dale Cooper, 
walking around in plaid shirts and stuff. <laughs> like, what are you doing right. to my show? And he br- right. and he brings it back onto the rails for a very excellent for that excellent sort of last run, last couple of episodes leading into the biggest cliffhanger of TV history. Um, That's a good comparison. I, yeah, I, I like Twin Peaks. If, if you can't tell, um, yes. But it's, it's very good. similar, you know. It's, it's like here we have we've wrapped this up, but now we it just it did feel like they were maybe groping around for the story. Yeah, it, it's strange to me that it does feel that way because clearly, um, the the scenes with Roland and uh, Demigol's switch and with Jariel's mm. past and these these things had already been planted way far back early in the series, and Indeed. they had yet to be resolved. And he knew that by the end of the series, he was going to resolve them. So it, it does just feel strange that such a very competent writer was not somehow able to to pull those threads to the fore Sooner. more in a way that, that felt more um continuous. It's it's like there's yeah. a yeah. It's it's just odd. Yeah. It, it it is it is you know but th- that said i kind of i don't want to dump on it because i still have a good time reading it you know the swoop oh, racing yeah. was fun yeah, yeah. you know it's, it's, well, all, the, it's all good stuff with characters the, and and then the way that it all does tie together almost it, it feels almost dickensian at the end with all of the family ties being revealed and you know like oh i'm yeah. actually the you know um <laughs> particularly with the uh, the reintroduction of uh of Jarl's parents, you know, yeah. that she finally yes. is reunited to them. Um, very, yeah. very Dickensian moment there. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the, the last arc is really firing on all cylinders. Um, it's like, yeah, we've got new it momentum. Is. It's a different, it's a different story. Um, but my goodness, um, I think it's some of the, some of the darkest material that Star Wars has ever really treated with. Um, I mean, we go from this Padawan trying to, to, you know, clear his name from, from murder charges and, you know, that's all par for the course. But then we, we get into this like human trafficking arc. Um, it's very, very grim. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the crucible are some of the scariest, most evil villains that I, I think we we see in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Shantique's line about, um, what is it? Uh, I won't tell you what kind of people are in the market for slaves who can't do anything. Yeah. That's just chilling. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. It's dark. It is dark. Yeah. 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 Um, and then they get what's coming to them and oh, it's yeah. glorious. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, this yeah, several it's times good old happy Star Wars in the end. Yeah, yeah, but boy, it it goes through um, very deftly navigating those really dark waters. Um, you know, because yeah. because there's nothing shown that's there's nothing explicitly said that's that's really no. that disturbing. But but it's clear that wow, these are these are incredibly evil people. Um, yeah, it's a it's a tour de force. Absolutely. What they did to that poor Kamasi really oh. speaks to their evil. Oh my goodness. Like, I was horrified. Yes. Yes. That's going to yeah. live in my head um, forever. <laughs> oh, I, I love those peace loving guys. Yeah, that is a great that is a great point in light of the the darkness of this arc. 
because he went with you know slave trading trafficking like this this is this is as evil as it gets yeah and and when he showed that to us in a in a very star wars way so yeah. it gives it gives us as readers a little bit of distance because we're not just dealing with the the stark horrifying reality of this we're 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 seeing it in this you know far far away galaxy long time ago kind of way through this alien species yeah. with this unique way of experiencing emotion um and it, it gives a way of, of communicating that evil to us in a way that isn't just horrifying and squalid yeah yeah no nor does it come across as preachy vis-a-vis -vis the real world it, you know, it, it's sort of it's, it's, no. it's, it's sort of good sci good sci-fi stuff it's it's shiny. Yeah. It, it's talking about some difficult stuff without being preachy or sanctimonious about anything in particular. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, which is, I mean, it's one of the great strengths of of fantasy is <laughs> is yeah. giving the the freedom to to tell stories that can call to mind problems in the real world, problems that you're facing in your own yeah. personal life. Uh, but but they're not one to one correlations. Yeah. It's not just a simple allegory. As much as we um, all love, yeah. yeah, like gray characters, I think we all really love, or I do, a, mm. a moral story. But this story is very black and white. We've got the evil crucible and the people who are trying to stop them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, man the way yeah. the way that Zane's plan comes together at the end, and that the thing that he's been hinting at all through. You know, quite a few issues yeah. after, um, and even before, uh, the 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 main thirty five issue arc comes to an end. He's he's got something on the side that he's working on, and uh, oh man, the way that that comes together is just beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's one of a few points in the in the whole series that um, every time I've read it, it has brought me to tears. Um, I I think the 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 first one uh is uh when when Carthonassi says and we see the close up of um the tears in Zane's eyes and Carth says no i called 17 yeah mm -hmm. that's that's an incredible moment um because it shows you you know that's the that's the Carth that if you keep pestering him in the in the video game and you keep you know trying to get all the dialogue, that's the card that you get uh -huh. to know. Like this is a this yeah. is a really good man. Yeah. And and as is Zin, I mean, I I can't think of a more perfect foil for an organization as awful as the Crucible is some than someone like Zin. You know, oh, as yeah. we said yeah. before, just this. You know, he is heart of gold all the way through. You know, no, no matter yeah. what is thrown at him. You know. Yeah, he's he's like Sir Galahad, like he's, or maybe more like Sir Percival. He might he might be slightly bumbling. He's not ever going to be the best Jedi in the world, but no, he has the purest heart of any of these characters. Yes, yeah, it's it's really really satisfying. Um, Very much, and so. and the uh, the the nice guy here uh, does not finish last. Oh. No? <laughs> Huzzah! Huzzah! Um, I, you know what? I I think that might wrap us up. I mean, 
do you have any final thoughts on four years worth of Knights of the Old Republic comics, Jesse? Uh, once again, read them. That, that was a fantastic, that was a month very well spent. Really glad I read them. Um, yeah, just, just read them. Really, like the best yeah. part about this is again, the nice guy doesn't finish last, <laughs> and we really get to know everybody. So it's absolutely yeah. worth the time. Couldn't agree more. Alex, what about you? Oh, absolutely. Um, to to me, as I was reading through this time, uh, for the for the third time, which is not going to be the last, I will definitely return to this. Um, and if the fact that I'm the fact that I am happy to read through fifty five issues of comics telling you know one big long story uh, multiple times uh, is is a tip off. Uh, if you know you haven't haven't gotten gotten the message yet from me uh, that I love 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 this series. This is uh, I, I was thinking this time through really peak Star Wars for me. Um, yeah, this this is as good as it gets in the comics. Um, could not highly recommend this enough. Uh, it's yeah. it is a gem. I agree. I mean, for me, the, this is John Jackson Miller's masterpiece. As far as the comics go, um, Agreed. I have just I've just recently finished reading through the, his Knight Errant run, and as much as I really enjoyed it, I could tell that he was trying to replicate this, but then for whatever reason, the title didn't get doesn't have the longevity. You know, the, he, no, he got three, three he got sort of fifty fifteen issues out of it, and, yeah. and you know he was setting up so many antagonists and so many characters oh, yeah. in in those early stories, and I I could see that it, if that had been given the time and space that Knights of the Old Republic had been given, it might have been more of the same. It might have been another masterpiece, uh, but this Knights of the Old Republic is where he was given the time, given the space to just play the long game with some beautiful character development, really engaging stories, some lovely plot twists. It's all in there. Mm. And perfect Star Wars. And blew me away the first time I read it back in sort of 2015. Thoroughly enjoyed it again this year when I came back to it. And like yourself, Alex, I will be reading them again and again. Huzzah. Huzzah. <laughs> Huzzah. All righty. I, I think that's going to do it. I think that's going to do it for this one. Um, Jesse and Alex, thank you so much for being here today. It's always a pleasure. Uh, where can folks find you if you don't mind folk finding you? Alex. Uh, I can be found at Books to Grammaticus on Instagram. Fantastic. And I think this is going to be your last appearance on the show for a little while, but hopefully you'll be back around the holiday season to talk about Night Errant, maybe, and a few other pieces. I would love to, yeah. And Jesse, where can folks find you online if you don't mind being found online? At Legends Twin Sun1980 on Instagram. And of course, folks can find me as at Journals of the Wills on Instagram, Threads and Facebook, or at Journals Wills on Twitter. And of course, you can reach out to the podcast team on all the usual social media channels. And there you're looking for at SWBC Podcast. Uh, coming up on the podcast feed next week, we've got a great episode hosted by Jason from This Dad Reads, talking to some other parents about the Star Wars books that we share with our children. 
Um, Canon Catch-Up is back as well as more Legends Library. And there I'll be talking about the first nights of the Old Republic game with Brian and Cassie from the Old Republic podcast. What a world. So much good stuff in one week. Uh, in the meantime, it's au revoir but not goodbye from Alex Taylor. So long, everybody. May the force be with you. And Jesse Gardner. Huh? So long, right? May the force be with you. And it's au revoir from me. I'm Johnny Mayer. You're wonderful for listening. And we'll catch you next time on the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.